When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline and Babette ate oatmeal. And you crushed that girl, Jaff Owen. Hi again. Hi again. Ooh, that was a nice week. <laughs> what a what a long week it's Ooh, been. Oh yeah, it's been a long week where I've just spent the whole week listening to Edward Herman audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> We've all learned much more about Edward Herman. Now, in reality, we walked around the block, got a bagel, which I struggled to eat in front of you. And it made me realise, I was like, oh yeah, we don't know each other that well yet. Joff doesn't realise that I can't eat a sandwich without it ending up over the lower half of my face. Um, and now we're back. Yep. <laughs> and, and I should say that our lovely audio engineer said... Um, Oh, I just assumed that because the first one went on so long that you were done. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> We've got another one. Same length. Same length. <laughs> Until they kick us out of here. Still four more guys to get through. So um, in our first episode, we talked about uh, Dean, psychopath, Christopher, unreliable, <laughs> Logan, condescending, butt-faced miscreant, and Richard, the original man. <laughs> now we're about to talk about four more men in this world. Of Stars Hollow, and we're coming in hot. Number four, it's Jess. It, yeah, it is. He's the bad boy. The bad boy. Except of Stars he's not Hollow. really that bad. No. When you when you watch it now, like it's weird that he comes in as the he's set up as the bad boy. Okay, so I think his pranks are pathetic. <laughs> his like his like misdeeds, like oh, he drew a chalk outline outside Dosi's, like okay, yeah, um, they suck. But I think in terms of his attitude, is genuinely horrible. Like when he accuses Lorelai of sleeping with Luke. Yeah, I mean he's he's quite unpleasant. Yeah, really to everyone apart from Rory. Mm-hmm. So I guess in that way, he is quite a bad boy. Mm-hmm. I suppose his magic. It's close-up magic. Not really a a bad boy trait. (laughs) James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause doing magic. Yeah, no, it's so weird. There's a bit in um, The Gilmore Guys, a podcast that I trash-talked last week, (laughs) but I actually do think it's good sometimes where they said that Jess is the end result of a focus group on bad boys. And like one person just went, magic? And they were like, sure, magic. (laughs) Yeah, he is like, if someone had read the description of what a bad boy would be like, but never actually seen, you know, they're yeah. like, that's, I know what I wear, I know what I do. And then they somehow they stumble across magic and they're like, yeah, I think they'd, I think they'd I do I think magic. they'd be magic. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. So Jess appears in Stars Hollow as Luke's nephew uh, and he's had some trouble at home. His, his parents are split up. He's not doing well in school. He lives in New York. Luke is very like, that's what you do for family. You you take in your family. And it's this interesting thing where like Luke is immediately it exposed how unprepared he is for this, how like he he wants to be there for people and he is there for people, but he doesn't have the tools to do it. And so I think the Jess Luke relationship is an interesting inversion of the Rory and Lorelai one. Of like 
you know, Rory, uh, Lorelai didn't have any of the tools to help to, to raise a child, but she just did it because she's can openly communicate and have an honest relationship yeah. with this person. Whereas Luke has the t- the resources, but not the know how. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean that is that's what it's it's to sort of. I guess it's the moment that his character learns what it's like to to be Lorelai. Yes, to actually, yeah. Even though he has been there for Rory, so he kind of, but he mm. does that in a sort of a fatherly and motherly role, like mm-hmm. making them breakfast and yeah, um, all the things he does for them. But he's never actually had to sort of like keep, sit in the world of actually and, raising a person. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and Rory's by you know she's a good kid, so you know <laughs> so, she, so she has no trouble staying you know on the straight path. But whereas Jess is, whew, you know, he's he's a wayward kid. Yes, and he doesn't really have any respect for authority yeah um yeah so it's it's never going to be as easy why so low in your rankings i mean not i mean he's, he's not right I mean, back how, in the middle right yeah he's right he's not i mean is he i don't want to ruin who, who's coming ahead of, but yeah he is in terms of what well, you can see he's the highest of rory's yes rory's partners mm-hmm. unless i'm gonna throw like Paul in there at that point, you know? um, Paul. is um who's Paul yeah just that whole, that whole gag uh, yeah. Um, so yeah so actually I think he's done alright I think yeah. the, the, I think I think Jess what I was thinking like as I said in last week about how there's like the two universes and only mm. um, Lorelai and Rory can move between the two mm. I do feel like Jess could if he wanted to because he kind of has the sort of he, mm. he does like he values that high literary that sort of he values books he values those things mm. that are valued by he could do so much more for himself yeah but, and, he also and that's could, supposed to be the frustration of yeah. Jess right is that we know that he's got all these skills and he can be charming if he wants to be yeah. just whether he wants to be that's the, yeah that, I mean the, he's like he's so against snobbery and that, mm. but he's also a huge snob yes which yes is very the, true which is the sort of the man the, the paradox within the man <laughs> Yeah, it kind of does make you think that, like, is this really a show about men and, like, men struggling to be men and the crisis of masculinity? I think it is. I think it is a show about, like, I know it's, but it's like all, like, you know, feminism anyway is is, is about men's problems, Mm -hmm. not women's. It's about Mm -hmm. what men do to women, not, women are fine. (laughs) They're not, but they're they're there Mm -hmm. and men, like, it's always been a study of what men do to women. Yeah. Weirdly, it it was only studied it was like it was something that became like women's problems to deal with mm. the way men treated them but really it was was the study of men like it's the study of what men do to women do you think i no, that's, the way no. the, the thing is Jeff, is like the joke is here is like oh man explains feminism to woman but you've just explained feminism to me and i really liked it <laughs> no it's a joke i've never actually heard it put exactly that way before but you're right feminism is a study of what men do to women yeah which is so it's, it's i guess it's why it appealed to me i sort of thought yeah. why did i get into feminism at quite an early age and why did it sort of resonate yeah. with me i guess the two reasons is one it's like i didn't really sort of fit in with the masculine sort of i didn't yeah toe the masculine line i didn't and so there's that. And then also like reading things like The Female Eunuch and stuff, which is mm. the first things I sort of read was like, well, this is a book about women, but it's really a book about men and what men yeah. do to women. So it probably would be more useful if men read this, not women. Yeah, because on a level, we know all this already. Yeah, on, you know, on some yeah, yeah. In, and it's like intuitive level. It's yeah. really only men's behaviour that has to change. 
And it's interesting because like if feminism is the study of what this is getting big. Um if feminism is the <laughs> no study jokes. of no what jokes. no jokes in this half, <laughs> none. All that we transfer chat yeah, you enjoyed yeah. the first half. <laughs> yeah. Done. We're on theory now. Yeah. Um we're in Yale. <laughs> um, <laughs> um if, if feminism is a study of what men do to women, then I think the Gilmore Girls is a show actually about what women do to men because women are the actors in this show. They're the ones that like embark on the relationships. They say when this relationship is happening, when it's not happening, like they, and it's how then the men then react to what the women do. It's kind of about how like men derail those plans. Yeah. Like how they get in the way of their themselves. Machiavellian schemes. Yeah. Um, because Jess is set up as the, as the rival for Dean mm. and then you know then he finally gets Rory right he gets the girl in that great episode of um, They Shoot Gilmore's Don't They which is the 24 hour dance off yeah which I didn't realise uh, was directed by the director of um, that episode the director of High School Musical and Dirty Dancing oh yeah because the choreography is incredible it's really good yeah I mean it's a beautifully shot um, and, it, and it feels very different to yeah. any other episode that precedes it, and it also like um, well the only the only thing that I don't like about that episode is that the I think the bit at the end drags on too long when they're all really tired. I want to see more of the good yeah, yeah, dancing. Yeah. You know? no, it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he um he sort of goes to that. It's him peak peak bad boy to the point of being like a hooligan. Where he like basically goes to this dance to heckle and stalk Rory yeah, with a book and his girlfriend, and his girlfriend who, Shane. Shane, who he just like occasionally makes out with, and then just sort of pushes it to the side to read his book. Yeah, he does take books to some of the some weird places. Like he does. That's his thing. Is like I know he loves books, but I really want us to know he loves books. Yeah, books by men as well. Books by men. He slim, loves- slim. Books. He turns up the first scene he's got, like he comes up with on the road. It's like, come on. Yeah, and Howl to... as well. He loves yeah, Howl. He, loves, oh, he makes notes on Howl. Yeah. As if you'd need, as if you'd need notes on Howl. Like, I'm not like deep into poetry. I don't. Yeah. But I feel like I get Howl. Like, I don't know what <laughs> notes he was making. His takes, his like things just aren't that obscure. No. Like, is um, he's reading Vonnegut as well. Yeah. It's like, yeah, these are all. H&B books yeah. like <laughs> you know. he must love it he must walk into FOF and be like the books they have <laughs> he, lo- he buys all his books at a FOF <laughs> he does um, yeah and but like he is um, as a as a character I find him quite limited but as in terms of what he does for the show mm. I think is, is pretty brilliant actually because uh, it's the first real rift between Rory and Lorelai right yeah it's, it's, that's the weird thing that Lorelai it, it's the way Lorelai's okay with that it's not it's not Dean she should like she doesn't she thinks Dean's fine mm-hmm. and doesn't watch out for his behaviour but whereas Jess who's actually more similar to Lorelai I feel like yeah. in terms of the way they both have no respect for authority like why I don't understand mm-hmm. why she doesn't see more of herself in Jess because he does I know he's like rude and surly but it's all about him sort of not respecting like he, they could probably be friends, and they could probably they kind of have the same enemy, which is like, well, yeah. I suppose Jesse's enemies at everyone, but it's like, but they do, you know, they have they have a common enemy, you know, they would have a common enemy in the upper classes, which yeah. they could bond over. Do you think Jess cares that much about class? I know, I think he's just against everyone, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's sort of not very nuanced, is it? I mean, he does, it's certainly like when he goes a bit with Logan later on, when he's like, we used to make fun of guys like this. Yeah. So obviously, it is something. But yeah. maybe he just makes fun of everyone. That's it. But then he's. I think that's the kind of 
boyfriend he is. Like his, we were talking about like last week about the insecurities and how when men are under threat, how they deal with, mm. um, how they deal with those insecurities. And his is like, when he's under threat, he isolates Rory. Yeah. His thing is to sort of cut her off from even Lorelai. To like, yeah. that mean you're against the world, kid, sort of like. Yeah. It, which is so, which is like, it hits that character at such a right time. Yeah. She's had these like two safe years with her lovely boyfriend who gets on with her friends and her, um, and her mom. And just, and that every time you see them, it's like, yeah, Dean's just hanging out. Like she's on the couch with Lane and Dean's is next to her. And like, they're yeah. all, they're just all hanging out together, yeah. having a nice time. And yeah. sometimes he's paying attention. Sometimes he isn't. And like, yeah. <laughs> so he's got the catalogue and he's, he's always like, <laughs> looking at his catalogue. <laughs> and, um, then like whenever it's, it's, it's actually, quite brilliant cinematography on a cinema level kind of thing because you always see Dean in like well-lit indoor spaces mostly where it's like it's her at home with him or in like you know the in doses with him and it's like established in like established set venues and then whenever you see her for the most part with Jess it's like outside in the dark somewhere skulking (laughs) skulking around with him he's such a sort of angel character from Buffy like yes he's always skulking and sort of like uh, that, I would think he was like the dynamic was more Angel and Spike. Well, I think he's Angel and Riley. Do you remember? Oh. Do you remember Riley? Cause, cause, well, Don't Dean, say so, that so name Dean, in my house. The Dean is such a Riley. Like he's. Yeah, got, they look the same. They look the same, and they're both aggressive for seemingly no reason, but because you, yeah. you know. And so, and there's the episode of um, it's other buffer Angel where he, where Angel comes back and says he's like your new boyfriend. I don't like him. Yeah. And we're like, oh god, because also we look to people like Jess for. We, we we kind of those people mm. we look to them to say like what we should like yeah it's like, like what you said about Paris approval. last episode where it was like you see what she thinks of people and that's probably right are we right yeah whereas yeah. Jess I think he's like the sort of person that even though he's, we kind of know who we still look to his approval even though we know like he's that sort of person I think we mm. still want approval from him I'm still waiting for approval from Jess yeah. which is why when like he likes other people we're like yeah, it means so much to us when he likes someone. And it's so it's so important that one of the first scenes that we are invited to enjoy him as not just a sexy boy, but as a character and a person is when him, Rory and Paris are all eating food together. Mm. Yeah. And like the, the famous night in that goes wrong. And it's like him and Paris are really zinging off each other. And yeah. I think to your point earlier, like, oh, this is a character who could travel between worlds. Like if he can... Yeah, because yeah. Paris is the other, and the other character that I think kind of can move between like she's just she'll go straight she'll she'll exist in the other world she kind of get and she's as fast she's as quick witted and she's as full of popular culture like references as yes so she kind of can exist in stars hollow she thinks it's weird because she she's also she's freaky enough to be a townie because like she's she's a freak like people in stars hollow are freaks that's the thing she's totally eccentric like she is like she kind of understands the freaky town. And so when she's there, she's like, well, this is just another freaky place for me to be a freak. Yeah, she's a freak everywhere. Yeah. So being a freak in the freaky place. <laughs> no, it's it's like... Like... But, but she thinks that everywhere else is freak. She thinks, she never yeah. thinks she's a freak. She just yeah. thinks everywhere else is weird. Never thinks that maybe it's her. But, um, and so her and Jess talking like that, you're like, yeah, both of them probably could move between yeah. worlds. Yeah, Sorry. he can he can like yeah punch at her weight and like yeah. nobody in the show can punch at Paris's weight apart from Rory. Yeah, so it is this thing of like oh maybe if Jess had been brought up in the same way that Rory had, he would be the Chilton attending, yeah, Yale aspiring, yeah, you know. Um, but he's just a little fucking jerk. I know that's the thing because there's moments like that when you really pull him from you, like this is this is the kind of guy she needs, like yeah. 
just someone who's on her intellectual level, you know, and and then he just lets us down so often. Like there's like a couple of episodes where he just doesn't call her, you know, and like, yeah, yeah, and then turns up on a Saturday night to find out, you know, and she's not home and she's gone to the ice hockey, and it just yeah. that. Um, and he buys the distillers tickets. And I don't know what time of night it is. They're going to see the distillers. But oh, I feel yeah. like they might have missed the show because he's so late with that. Like, he doesn't make much of an effort once he's got her. Mm, that's the thing. That's the in, that's the most interesting thing about the dynamic is that when he's like, this is a phrase that my friend Alex loves, which is um, he'd rather be on the outside of the tent pissing in than being on the inside <laughs> of the tent being pissed on kind of thing. Is <laughs> Have you heard that phrase before? <laughs> no. Sorry, where's... Who's the tent? The t- okay, so <laughs> it is a phrase that Alex uses that her dad always says, which is that like um, people who are like um, sort of politically revolutionary or something is uh, not necessarily, but people who who like have a lot of revolutionary thoughts and have revolutionary ideas, but once they are in established power, they sort of flail, kind of thing. Okay, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the idea that like it's easy to throw stones, but. Not when you're in the glass house. Okay. Does so it's this... better to be outside. Sorry. Let me just... Let's just scrap that. Okay. I'm just going to no. that one. It's not worth it. I really liked it. I just didn't... I just didn't understand where the tent was. And so he's... The tent is the establishment. <laughs> okay. So he wants to be outside the establishment. Mm. Throwing rocks rather than being inside the establishment being thrown at yes and in th- this case the establishment is is like he wants to be on the outside of this perfect like small town uh, teenage relationship which is Dean and Rory and he wants to be the aggressor oh of that. yes but once he's actually inside he's like has no idea what to do or how to keep her and it's this and all he's worried about is being pissed on yeah exactly all <laughs> he's worried about is being pissed on shit yeah. I mean I can see why he'd want to be yeah you're right because once he is in the relationship he doesn't do a lot with it yeah, he just that's and you kind of see him. He kind of gets weirdly insecure about. It. Although he does handle his insecurity a bit better than yeah, Dean, Dean does. Um, yeah. There's like when he finds out they've been hanging out, he's kind of cool about. It. It's like why don't you just say, like, yeah, allow me to sort of process this. Don't yeah. be weird about it. But he does end up being a dick, you know. Why does it fall apart again? Well, it falls apart because they go to. I mean, it's been gradually sort of falling apart because he's just sort of... Because it never really falls together. No. And that's the that's the sort of like exciting thing about Jess and Rory is that it does feel like... It's almost like a Christopher thing where it's like it always feels like timing where it's like... Yeah. And with so many of the relationships on the show, it's like it's just not... They're not mature enough to handle the level of feeling they have for one another. No. And once they are together, they, 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 it's too, they don't... But they are like... They are teenagers. So... Yeah. Like, that's they're, realistic. They just... They don't really know what they're doing, you know. Yeah. People don't at that age, and and it's even to the to the point of this the show handling teenage romances so well. It's like they have this big bust up at the twenty four hour dance marathon, and uh, it's a it's a brilliant scene of um of Dean, Jess, and Rory having this fight, and he's and she and he's like, what you know, stop stop. She's like, oh for God's sake, Dean's over there. Or Je- Jess is over there. Jess yeah. is over there. Jess won't stop looking over here or whatever. And Dean's like, just forget about it. Can we yeah. just stop talking about Jess for like ten seconds. And uh, then they, she calls him. She's like, "Hey, get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> or whatever. It's a really weird Rory behavior. Like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm not doing anything." And she says, "You're looking at me." And she's like, "Only you only know that because you're looking at me." And he's like, "No." Or so, basically, it, the the line is, "So you're looking at me all the time, but you have to force yourself to look at him." 
know. I mean, referring to D. Yeah, I mean, it's it's he de- he can deliver a zinger. Yeah, he does, and it's a heartbreaking scene actually. And after yeah. that, and Dean just has had enough, and you do feel for goes, Dean in that yeah, moment, yeah. and you yeah. and you root for Dean in that moment because you're yeah. like, oh, Dean's got a spine finally, you know. I know, and and then. But then that's Dean's thing, isn't it? To make it's to kind of humiliate her in public. So it's yeah. like that's one of his things. He likes <laughs> to humiliate her in public. Yeah, that's one of his little things. But um, yeah, and then once they're together, they they kind of. I just can't sort of think of a moment when they kind of work. Yeah. Um, I mean, he gets headbutted by a swan. Yeah, he shows up to dinner. And that's at classic. The grandparents' house, and Emily's being very chill about the whole thing. Yeah, and, and he's uh, got a black eye. And he's like, shows up an hour late with a black eye. Yeah. that he got from a swan. And he got from a swan, but doesn't say, "Oh, I got hit by a swan," which is a funny story. It's like, yeah. why wouldn't you embrace that story and get, make yourself likable? Yeah, he'd rather draw out this idea that um, because Rory's convinced that he got into a bust up a dean, yeah. which feels like it's in the post anyway, and uh, he kind of wants her to jump to that conclusion yeah. so he can sort of prove that she's wrong exactly and so that he can have a, so he can make a thing out make a scene and it so he gets yeah. to be the isolated troubled misunderstood man which yes. is what he wants to be is misunderstood by everyone yeah yeah it's like for a for a character that's like supposedly so intelligent and is intelligent he just sort of loves his own bad boy mystique yeah, yeah. but then he sort of um he grows up and becomes an author. <laughs> so I love it when he comes back. That's what I do think I talk about yeah. Jess, which is why Jess is so high. Mm-hmm. And if Jess was only ever the author that comes back, he would be probably number one. Yeah. Because I, I do really like, I mean, he ends, when he ends phase, phase the first phase, it's like when he's at mm-hmm. the party and he sort of, she tells him to get off and, um, yeah. And, or, and that's like, yeah, because he's trying to pressure her into sex, right? Yeah. And or then, not even sex, just like, I don't know, hand just, stuff. Yeah, just dry <laughs> humping. I think they're just like, I'm not sure, but pressurizing. And she's like, yeah. no, not here. This is Kyle's mum's bed or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. And then and then they go downstairs and they have that massive fight with, with Dean. And then he says something interesting after that when they he's like, um, Dean goes and he helps like tidy up the place the next day and he's talking to Luke Jess is talking to Luke and he's like he's like oh that's you know that's he'll make someone a great doormat one day and I think that's such a weird thing to think of someone who just is going to sort of repair the damage they've done that that makes them mm. that makes them a doormat in some way like that's just a kind thing yeah. to do and I think yeah. Jess has like he doesn't really understand kindness as a thing like it's still new to him yes. what that means but then when he comes back yeah, I mean, dreamboat. He's great, and he's really, he's yeah, he's so calm. He's like a, re- he feels like a really solid, calm character. Yeah, and it feels like to the point of like Rory's sort of like consistent failure to launch as being a product of being just overly coddled and yeah. overly adored, possibly um, as a child. This is like a character who like has had to experience the world, yeah, more fully, and like has developed a level of grit that once the bad attitude and the sort of teen hormones get out of the way, actually reveals true character. Yeah. You know? And it, does something with it. And does something yeah. with their interests and does something 
truly admirable. Truly. Writes a book. Writes <laughs> the most admirable thing a person could do. do. <laughs> Have you ever written a book? I've written six. Six books. <laughs> so I must be six times <laughs> oh admirable as Jess. God, that's incredible. Six books. He'd only written one. And to be honest, it looks small. It's small. Oh, it's, it's all about length. He yeah. only wants a book that you can fit in your back jeans pocket. <laughs> Otherwise, too big. Him and Logan have that great chat about the length of the book. Don't they? Where he's Do like, they? yeah, he goes like, oh, is it like Kafka? Is it like, and then he's sort of saying all the, is it Tolstoy? Is it? And then um, Jess goes, you seem awfully obsessed with length. It's just such a great line because it just it's exactly what Logan is obsessed with, you know? Yeah. It's just waving it around. I <laughs> It's so true. Yeah, it's like that is what is so sort of gross about Logan. It's like oh, who's bigger, who's more, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's how he makes people feel. And but then, whatever. Then you also judge Jess for the length of his book. So not just Logan. <laughs> I did. You know, he's he's I'm just, just a fucking Logan, obviously. <laughs> but I also love the um. He's he's also what helps is he's probably the most physically gorgeous person on the show, <laughs> right? Like he's like a beautiful man. But I I love the sort of. And we mentioned already that like Luke's inability, that actor, Scott Patterson, his inability to wear any clothes that isn't a backwards baseball <laughs> cap or a shirt and he just looks fucking strange. They also play with the physicality of Jess and Dean a lot. And there's this thing about Jess and he's sort of like kind of compact, like he doesn't look like a tall person at all. So he always like, Dean always towers over him mm. and they use that a lot on the show really, really well. But he's like, he's almost like something like small dog syndrome about Jess. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's just like yappy yeah. and just like, I'm here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, yeah. I, and we're big fans of small dogs over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it always gets quite West Side Story when they're both, when they're both like in the street together. I love those yeah. street scenes where it's all like, where Dean's always like coming up to him with, and he's trying to put the bins out and stuff. And it's all just like yeah. in his face and where it uh, flips. He just gets this just simple. West Side Story drama. It's just yum, yeah. yum, yum. So good. <laughs> Two hot men duking it out. Duking it out. Every woman's fantasy. <laughs> and there is definitely a, a thing of um, the the dynamic flips where Dean has this, almost again, this very psychopathic thing where he's like, I'm going to just let it be totally normal and fine around Rory and like ask her about school and buy oh, her yeah. a snow cone and then he tries yeah. to just you fucking little piece of shit I'm going to beat the shit out of you hi Rory it's so good that even when he's being nice Dean's being a psycho yeah like, even when he's just like I know how else I can be a psycho I haven't tried this I could just be really nice yeah and even that would be psychotic yeah yeah it's like, <laughs> so good but like I think he comes at the right time oh uh, totally yeah I mean we yeah yeah we need him there. Yeah, and when he comes back at the right time. I think when he comes back and 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 Logan's there, and I think this is when you see Logan at his worst, when he's like finally under threat from something, mm. when he's under threat from Jess and he suddenly becomes so obnoxious and rude and just like, you know, he's so judgmental like and awful to Rory. And, you know, and then Jess goes outside and he's saying to Rory, you know, we used to make fun of guys like this mm. and um, why you, this isn't you. I know you. Mm. I know you better than anyone. I don't know if he does. Does he? I don't know if he does. That's yeah. one of the questions I think I'm, mm. that she certainly doesn't know Rory better than us. We know we've envisioned her future. You know, we know. She's the head of people at Weed Transfer. Yeah, exactly. She loves her team. Yeah, exactly. We know exactly what she's going to do. Um, so I don't know if he does, but he does sort of persuade her to go back to Yale. Like, well, he said, yes. Maybe not, like, it takes a bit of time for it to sink, but he definitely makes her, you know, he's, he's sort of disappointed to know enough. Yeah. to make her go back 
to Yale. And I guess that's the thing is like, he's the sort of person, if you had them in your life, their yeah. disappointment would, would, would really yeah. hurt. It's like you said before, it's like, even though he's a fictional character who's also 17, you're like, I do want his approval. Yeah, I do. Like when he approves of other characters, I follow it, you know. So, yeah, you definitely would if he was in your life. Yeah. I like as well the, um, they, I think they, they pitch his relationship with Luke really well in that it never is perfect. Like, I think even, because I, I watched the episode last night, the one where he comes back for Liz's wedding, yeah. which is Luke's sister who I feel like the show kind of rewrote its own history with that because in the early seasons we're led to believe that Liz is like really almost like an abusive, yeah, know, neglectful know, yeah. mother and then we see her and she's like the sweet ah, lady who goes yeah, to rent fairs. So <laughs> I know. It is, it's, yeah, she's not the Liz that we envisioned in the first series and we aren't like, she couldn't cope with him anymore. It's like, I think she'd have been able to cope with Jess fine. It just sounds, you know, she'd probably just ignore it. Yeah. And she's with TJ. I mean, oh God, I TJ, TJ, I hate TJ. I hate TJ. He's not the number one. No, <laughs> that's right. He's not the He's number not one. The There's something about both TJ and Jackson that they have in common that I hate. It's like this annoying rube behavior. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it totally. Is. Yeah, I, both unbearable. They both look like they smell. Yeah, <laughs> of different things, but it's earthy and it's pungent. Yeah, <laughs> and they're both in it way more than they should. Should be. I'm they're, like, yeah, they're, yeah. I'm listening to TJ in it way more than they should be. I'm so, oh, towards the end, yeah. Just, but I do think, like, if we're really honest with ourselves, like, towards the end, the wheels do start to come off the show, yeah. even before the Paladinos leave. <laughs> yeah, no, I, season six, there's, there's definitely moments where you're like, yeah. yeah. This is completionist work I'm doing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Watching this show. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of what else about Jess. I know he's he is, like, the, the fan favourite. Like, I know... I can already feel the comments and the emails coming in of being like, I loved you. I loved your Gilmore Girls podcast. Why didn't you spend more time on Jess? Here's all the reason that Jess is amazing. Um, I do think what their chemistry is greatly helped by the fact that they dated in real life. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You so can that's like, when it, that, so they really kiss. They None really be kissing. stuff under the tree. They really yeah. kiss. These moments where like, here's what I love about Rory is that she's such a good kid, but she's also like, her, one of her fundamental flaws, apart from the fact that she's kind of coddled and she has sort of emotional attachment issues from her parenting, as we discussed last week. But um, she's also, she's, she's dick crazy. Like when she, <laughs> when she catches a pheromone, she is fucking like, fuck. Like she does like her fucking fanny's going wild. Like she is like, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> And I love that about her. Oh, what about your boyfriend? No, 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 no. I've seen that one over there. I want yeah. that one. Yeah. That's it. She, yeah, she is like at the dance. Like she doesn't even notice that Dean's dancing with her. She's so hungry for it. Yeah, she is <laughs> hungry for Dick. She doesn't even notice that his girlfriend sat next to him asleep. But, you know, yeah. she's still just like. And I almost think this is like, a, this is gross. Um, but also, unfortunately, canon in my head. I feel like she's a character. It's like we know that like she's like not um, outdoorsy or sportsy or anything like that. Which neither was I, but like neither are lots of people. Um, but I feel like there is this disconnection between her mind and her body because she's like there for her brain. Like she's like she's mm. like she's known as brainy kid and she's rational and she's practical. I feel like she has no sensual real life even like I bet like she was like the last kid in her class who started masturbating do you know what I mean like she was like a late wanker <laughs> and like she's got like no 
like relationship with her own body I feel and then when she when she finally like catches the scent for the first time she's like oh my god it's overwhelming <laughs> I can feel my own skin for the first time ever I know I'm being gross but you get what I mean I have absolutely no notes on this at all <laughs> not, you are so uncomfortable <laughs> nothing about this <laughs> So, so maybe it's a fourth watch thing. I don't know. Like, it's a fourth you are right. Watch no, thing. You, you are right. She is. Yeah. Yeah. She, she really gets on it when she. Yeah. When yeah. She yeah. Gets yeah. A taste. yeah. <laughs> I feel like she's like. I'm not gonna. Uh, do you know what? Anything I say more on this subject is gonna just make you fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Uh, no more. No. <laughs> no more, please. Susan Faludi. Uh, <laughs> no, do some more wanking stuff. <laughs> but like she had never wanked in her life and then she met Jess for the first time and that night she wanked for the first time and then she that was like well something's different now <laughs> something is different <laughs> and she crashes a car and that's what happens if you masturbate <laughs> dead lose your virginity god knows what happens to you but it's like you can so see the the absolute physical attraction written all over those actors' faces that you're like everything that she does that's crazy and so out of character for the character we've built makes total sense. It's yeah. like her um, let, letting letting him drive the car that Dean made for her is cheating before the cheating even I know. happens. I know it's it's almost worse. Yeah. Than the By the time it comes, it's like what were you thinking would happen? Why is he? Why is he driving? Uh, just. I yeah, I know he wanted cones, <laughs> which I do. Cones, <laughs> which is ice a great... cream cones. <laughs> it's a sweet moment. I mean, the cone. I feel like yeah, that immediately like Dean's out. Once he said cones in a funny voice, yeah, Dean's like Dean could never do that. He couldn't do a funny He's voice. Not like silly. That. He's no. not funny. Um, yeah, like it's definitely that is our character playing with rebellion. Letting letting the boy her boyfriend hates and her mother hates drive yeah. the car her boyfriend the beautiful fifties car her boyfriend built her. I know. And I even mean, though- yeah, yeah. She know she must have known in that situation that yeah, even if nothing went wrong, things at work and things had already gone. Like, yeah, even the situation was yeah not a good one to be in. And then it like leads to this eventual in that brilliant season finale that we already talked a little bit about of um her kissing him for the first mm. time. Her kissing him, yeah. It's not, it's not. I think that's what's so sweet. Like she does. It's yeah. He kind of just stands there. Yeah, and it's such a, it's such a good, a well staged kiss because mm. it it really feels like someone has like they've oh, they've taken as much of this as they can. They're like I can't yeah. take it anymore. Yeah, I just need to. I need like the period at the end of the sentence. Do you know what I mean? I need yeah. it to stop. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he's just so amazed by it, and she's like. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and then she goes, just runs away. And then she um, goes all the way. She goes to Washington. For, yeah. And then she comes back, and he's with Shane. He's with Shane, which seems is a, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what he'd do. It's how he'd deal with that. Yeah. Um, I do feel very bad for that character still. Shane. Yeah. Yeah. She must be so confused by how, why why people being so rude to me. In the yeah. Chemist. I wish there was kind of more of a reconciliation. Of like, yeah. I feel yeah. just like the, the the blonde women support group in Stars it's Hollow, just, like, just Lindsay like, and Shane. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, this woman's ruining our life. Maybe like a separate, like a different show. That's yeah, just like, yeah, blondes in Stars Hollow. Just when they're at the Bracebridge dinner, when they go in the um, when they're in the sleigh. My favorite yeah. Jess moment oh, yeah. is um, when they drive past the snowman, and he's like, he's talking about. He's like, oh, there's your one. It looks like Bjork, Bjork. and he's like. Uh, she's like oh something about D 
asking he's like what do you even talk about if you know like like he doesn't know Bjork it's like what what do you if you don't what do you even talk about if you don't talk about Bjork I love just that just that sort of like him just saying what do you even talk about which is both a reflection of what you care about at that age like I remember when I was that age reading High Fidelity for the first time and you know that that thing that's supposed to be set up as a false thing of like, oh, it's not what you like, it's not what you're like, it's what you like, kind of thing. Mm. And that that Rob and that character in that book. That, and I remember taking that at total face value and being like, yeah, you, yeah. you're right. And then you realize you get all of that stuff matters less and less. Um, but uh, first of all, Jess and Rory are ages where those things do matter yeah. a lot because you haven't formed any real identity yet except for the things that you enjoy and don't like. And but also it's this thing of it does call attention to the fact that like. Rory and Dean's conversations are kind of about nothing. Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah, that's that's when you re- you're like, oh my god, what do they talk about? Like, yeah, what? and it's it's also sort of you know finally Rory can talk to someone about Bjork, and that's going to be like because you couldn't like then Tristan's already done yeah. the, the PJ Harvey line by then, I think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of it's just like oh, finally someone who's like on Lane's level, like and Lane can talk to. It's yeah. like he immediately does fit in with those. Yeah, with her the sort of like but, tastemaker people yeah. of the show. Yeah, and so, yeah. I, like I don't know what it, what she talked to Dean about. I, I still don't. But like, yeah, when, whenever you zone in on my conversations, and even when they're happy, and Jess hasn't even shown up yet, mm. like occasionally you'll get the old like, oh, Hunter Thompson or whatever. Yeah. But you then it's like often just like very like workaday stuff, shifted, just like shifted, shifted, shifted doses. Yeah, oh yeah, shifted. Taylor's gone crazy again on such and such. And, oh, Taylor, yeah. Da, da, da. yeah, I know, but blah, blah. It's like, it's yeah, very, yeah. it's like talking about stuff that's happening in the town, talking about when they're going to hang out next, like watching like, I like the the media that they kind of compromise on. Like they both love Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I know, yeah. He and loves battle bots as well. Battle bots! <laughs> oh God. Of course, if you get, if you, uh, you know, get him started on like 1950s housewives and like he can't stop loves him. Absolutely that. loves that one. Yeah. Because I did read that Amy Sherman Palladino. She, um, yes. So she already had this experience with Chad Michael Murray where he got Dawson's Creek and they had to, he did a longer arc and he was written out of the show. Yeah. And apparently she was like, after that, like, now, if I see someone and they have chemistry, I'm just going to say, like, look, we need to have these people on a series contract because we keep losing people if yeah. you don't, if you don't nail them down. Yeah. And so she apparently, she met, Milo, what's his last name again? Milo Vermitilia. Ventimiglia. <laughs> um, and she was like, "Oh, this this kid is adorable. I don't know. I don't have a part for him, but I'm going to write one just because he's amazing. But I'm going to get him on a series contract now." So, but then, and then nearly had a spinoff as well. And he nearly had a spinoff, which is which I'm it, really glad he didn't. It's really because it ends. Up, I think the spinoff ends up in the show, like those bits. Yes, where it goes here to comes see. the sun. Yeah, absolutely rubbish. Um, it was it was. Windward Circle. That's what the series was called. Windward Circle. Are you serious? Yeah. Sort of Windward, Windward Circle. It doesn't sound right. I've written it down. It doesn't sound no, right. No, that can't be right. Windward. Windward. It's like very the rural juror, isn't it? <laughs> Windward Circle. All right. And it didn't. But it was. I was. It was interesting because I thought, what other characters could you do a spin-off of? Like mm-hmm. none of the male characters. Could have a spin-off, and Jess really didn't have one. It turns out either, but yeah, like they're not substantial no, enough. Not. Whereas actually, all the women, like I would watch an Emily one, totally. Uh, you know, Lane. obviously Lorelai Lane. Yeah, I mean, you've, have you spoken to Netflix about your reboot? No, but that's coming later. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, are they all could even Suki. You know, there's so many. 
all of them, but no male character has because no. none of them are actually like in it enough to, or they're not substantial enough to have yeah. storylines that you'd care about. Totally. Yeah, no, I, I, that would have never worked, even though he has like probably the most raw star power of yeah. any of the um, of any of those people. But even he doesn't really have enough substantial character. Like he's yeah. kind of he has dimensions, but there's yeah. Not but he's loads. on he's on that show. Um, this is us, I believe. Oh, he's married to Mandy Moore. Oh, in the, not in real life. No, in the show. Okay. <laughs> so you know he's a, he's okay. Um, so next on your list. Coming in at number three, it's Max Medina. Oh, Max, when we first spoke about this and yeah. you said, uh, you just sent me a message saying justice for Max Medina. <laughs> <laughs> and so ever since then, I've kind of been wary that he he means a lot to you. He, do you know what? It's funny. When I, my memory of the show, because as I said, I haven't really watched it since my early 20s. And my memory of it was like, Max Medina is like adorable. I do think he's like a perfect guy. Like he's like... He's like really has very few character flaws. Yeah. Um, and even when he has he picks fights with Lorelai over things, they're all very justified. Um, I find I find the actor incredibly attractive. Um, like the <laughs> Stop. Why do you hate my sexual desires? <laughs> Every time I say that someone's attractive, you're like, <laughs> Are you going home to masturbate? <laughs> I'm going home to Mastery for the first time. <laughs> Max Medina. <laughs> so I can't wait to see how it goes. Careful, it will open up all, all sorts of problems for you if I know how it goes. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, so watching him, I was like, yeah, he's the... Why did why was he treated so casually by the show? He was great. Yeah. He's a lead. Yeah. But then watching it this time around... Um, I think he is the perfect distillation of the first pancake theory, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. You gotta yeah. throw that first one yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. He's sadly. Totally, he is he is first pancake. Yeah. He, when he comes back, he's the same pancake. Um <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, he just sets up the, the dynamic for us all to realise where it's gonna go, that this is Yeah. For her to struggle with anyone from that world mm. as a love interest. Or just there'd be a tension between that, you know, what he yeah. represents. Because they're both kind of really well matched because they're really hopeless romantics. Yeah. yeah. Like they, 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 and they're all about grand gestures and patter. And yeah, they actually, yeah. I love the scene where they're in the, the coffee shop together and, and they're just like switching between, someone sits between them. I think yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, You're right. They're both such romantics. Yeah. And so, but because of that, they've romanticised their own relationship. Like, and then, so when it gets to their, them going through the sort of the daily, but then Lorelai always does that. She never sort of thinks about how it work on a, a day, or she does think about it and immediately runs away from the idea. Yeah. Like that yeah. sort of like, that the daily routine that she'll have to some way change what she does and change the way she brings Rory up. Yeah. To take into account someone else's opinion. Yeah, and like it, I think it's very fair when, even though it is kind of cringe, where he's like, "What's my role here?" Like he's about to marry her. They've clearly talked about nothing. Yeah, in terms what's of my role here? Mind. Yeah, but then that's that's him sort of speaking again to the sort of the grander narrative of like yeah. of like men. He's what like, role do men have what, in the show? Yeah what, yeah. yeah, what role do men have in society? <laughs> that's where he sort of says, "Like, what is my role here?" I don't, you know, yeah. you seem to have done everything by yourself. What is you know? It's like a whole sort of end of men scenario yeah. which comes before you know so it, he's kind of 
what is his role? And I, I guess that's the problem. Like, yeah, his role is to be eye candy. Yeah, his role is to be the first pancake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's like, it's interesting because uh, he, he's in a limited amount of episodes, and he, I think he's a great performer, and I and I like seeing him, and I also, I like that there are things that, as you both said, him and um, Laura are both very romantic people, and there's very there's things he says to her in the context of their relationship that like wouldn't work on everyone but really works on her like there's a bit where he's on the phone to her and he's like you know I teach literature and those <laughs> yeah. are the, it's, it's, it's this mad monologue yeah. or like you know the, it's all about taking the risks of the human heart and what kind of teacher would I be if I didn't take a <laughs> risk right now and yeah. she's like wow <laughs> she's, that got me that's yeah 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 and I, I was like that's that's kind of bonkers like, but then that's kind of what she's also like she's influenced by not like high lot like high literature like yeah but she's kind of her romantic like ideas from tv yeah. and film and cult, this idea of what romance should be and so that's why they both quite cause they're, their ideas are the same you know yeah about what romance is it's like it's grand and yeah. it's like she wants big gestures and just things that but she doesn't really want well, she does want that i know but she also doesn't doesn't want the, her her day-to-day to be fucked with in any way, yeah. really. She wants to sort of live a fantasy. But it's interesting in the sense that, like, it gives you... When her... The newness of that relationship in season one to her gives you this sense of what her romantic life was up until that point, which I find a very interesting, unspoken thing. Because she's never brought a guy home before. Yeah, He's the first one that happens to have been yeah. brought home. Um, she's never spent a night away from Rory. Yeah. And then... And yeah, and that's the, he's the first. So it's yeah, you're like oh okay. So for yeah. 16 years you've just I don't know where she's been. I think okay. Here's what going? I think. Obviously, I think where's she been going? <laughs> I think it. it's been yeah. very like you know she'll be at the inn or whatever, and there'll be some handyman. Peop- yeah, Tom the handyman. To- yeah, it'll be like because she kind <laughs> of says like she talks about about like oh, past boyfriends like oh you know the earrings and tattoos and that kind of stuff oh and yeah I've always gotten the sense that like people who are like passing, passing through. through yeah if you're going to throw your life away you better have a motorcycle she says that early on yeah, yeah. that's why because they're always just bikers yeah. passing through <laughs> but, for yeah. breakfast or the breakfast run you know <laughs> yeah so that's that's what you think yeah I, I mean it's weird yeah. that she's and never I, and it'll be like Rory's at school so she's like alright want to come around padding shed fucking let's yeah. do it you know <laughs> And off to the school run. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's it. That's what she... So I guess Max is the first... He's quite a serious one then. If like... Yeah. He gets to go back to the house. And that quite... That's a sweet episode where they... Where his car breaks down and it snows. Oh, that's really nice. It's such a sweet yeah. episode. But it really sets up the Luke versus Max... Like... Thing for us. Because he's out there giving the hot chocolates to the... Yeah. Taylor and he's... Oh. Doing that... And, that episode made me cry and actually. Because <laughs> his dad was a reenactor. I know. I know. Yeah. Makes me. <laughs> and and Max and like Lorelai walk he sees him in the distance and he's yeah. and then as the audience, like I feel like that's the first time we're like, Oh no, Max isn't right for her because yeah. we all want we all feel for Luke. Yeah. And we and that's when it's an interesting thing to do to set them up against each other. Yeah. And it's why and I had to sort of like, why do I want Luke? Why did I why do I want Luke? I had to ask myself why I wanted yeah, Luke, yeah. not Max, when Max is actually really suitable for her. Yeah, he's a better match, 
on um, most most like technical levels. Yeah. So I had to look at myself that, you know, what yeah. is it? So what is it? I don't know. I guess I just like simple men. <laughs> Can, simple, yeah, simple. Men. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I think as well. Max creates the opportunity for Luke because you get the sense of like everywhere up till this, like they have like Lorelai comes into the diner once or twice a day. They have the little flirt, but like he's never been in her house prior to season one. Like there's a thing yeah. like, oh, he's like, oh, this is your house or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but they have this like quiet workaday sort of friendship. And then when she starts dating Max, I think a flare goes up for me like, oh, she's dating people now. Yeah. She's like decided that on she's the ready. Market. Yeah, she's on the, the yeah. market. I think he probably in his head being like, oh, no, because I think he sees he really respects her priorities yeah. with her family she's like oh she's not doing that she's raising a kid like I'm not gonna get in there no and yeah, yeah sure she's attractive but and then he sees that and he's like oh there was an opportunity and I missed it like yeah, yeah you're and right and that's yeah. what kicks it all into high drive yeah so until then so it's not like he's been pining this whole time no that's when it, we I mean he doesn't realise he's been pining until season four yeah because he He's fucking thick, though. Yeah, <laughs> thick. Another thick he's just fucking not that man reading his... a catalogue. <laughs> he's, he's just not that in touch with his feelings, maybe. But he is like, I just wonder what happens when he looks over and he can you can tell that he's upset by seeing. Yeah. Why does it take like another four seasons? Anyway, that's it. Nick. Is sort of stupid. It's like it gets to a point where it's kind of dumb how much they drag <laughs> oh, no. out the lead up because they also yeah. they're smart enough to know that once they fire that gun. I know they'll just be dealing with that for the, for the rest yeah. of the show, you yeah. know. So I I admire them leaving it so late, but also yeah. the things they put in the way of it are just boring. Yeah, it's like you never when he gets he gets married briefly, doesn't he? Yeah, Nicole. Yeah, like, oh, no one cares. Yeah, and Rachel, and it's like yeah. we know these people aren't going to work yeah. out. Like Rachel just walking around the village, like just walking, around, taking, taking pictures photos. of nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just taking pictures. Of what are you? I'm going to get some more shots. What of oh, what are you uh, taking photos what, of? Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I like her, but, you know. And we all like Rachel, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate Max Medina on that level. And, like, I, I find him and Rory's relationship quite adorable and quite heartbreaking. Well, that's the thing. He's quite a nice, like, father. He's a great father like, figure. He's a great father. Like, and he sort of says, you know, it's not about, like, he, he's just really concerned for her. Like, he's, it's not about him being a teacher. Like, mm. he wants to talk to her, like, you know, as Rory, not as a student. So I think when she goes to him and speaks to him, and then they have that thing where she does a piece for him for the yeah. the Chilton paper. He wanted to be a clown. Which makes so much sense. It makes so much sense <laughs> that he wanted to be a clown. Yeah, and you know what? Lorelai wanted a clown. She needs a clown. Yeah. She needs to be entertained and she needs an audience. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com uh, He wanted to be a clown. I mean, that, when you realize um, he wanted to be a clown, you're like... No, they would have been good together. They definitely would have worked. Number two. Number two. It's Luke Danes. Yeah. A shock. A sh- your listeners shock. just like. <gasps> <gasps> if Luke's number two, who could possibly? <gasps> who could be number one? This crazy podcast. I want to know if anyone guessed it. I mean, I did put it on Instagram, but 
you know, people yeah. don't remember that. Um, <laughs> so it's you know what I got. I got issues with Luke, but ultimately we are. So do they? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's what I like as a, as a character, like you were saying, like he was meant to be a she. Yeah. And I love that. And and even when he came in, like he wasn't meant to be a key character. No. And there's that thing I think Lauren says. It's like if you're interested, the camera finds you. And so he ends up being this huge role. Which I don't understand what they were, what the show was about until it was about that. Right? Yeah, it was like, the, there was kind of 11th hour thing where they realised that, like, there was no men in the show. Like, <laughs> no grown that. men. Yeah. And they were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> was, what about a mechanic? Oh, we've got a woman as a mechanic. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, well, I guess... Diner owner. Diner. Done. Like, but it gives him quite a nice twist to, like, because it's his father's hardware store mm-hmm. and it he always loved being in the store, but he didn't want to do that sort of traditionally manly job. So he yeah. becomes like, he makes breakfast. I mean, he becomes Donna Reed, like for them. He does. In, he is their Donna he's Reed. He's Donna Reed. And Aww. so he makes their breakfast. So it's quite a nice little switch to like, he is very traditionally masculine. He does fix things, but he also has this sort of motherly side to him. And he has his very particular views on nutrition. <laughs> yeah. And he, I know. And he should care. He should worry. Yeah. yeah. How, you know, people often talk about how, um, you know, these women who constantly eat junk food for every meal and, and often have like several dinners at once. That um, Like, why are they so thin? And that's not my question. My question <laughs> is, do they stink? <laughs> These are people who are having five or six cup of coffees today. So you know they shitting. And like coffee breath all the time and they're shitting all the time, I would say. And also just like eating this horrible, stodgy food. They stink. Oh God, it seems like such a special place to go to. It's always been, now I'm going to watch it being like, oh, what's the house smell like? Stink. <laughs> You never see the ba- a bathroom on Gilmore Girls. It's very Brady Bunch that way. Yeah. There is... No. no. You never see their bathroom, I don't think. Do we ever see a bathroom? So we see some... You see, like school, bathroom mirrors where bathrooms. people have like conflict. Yeah. yeah but but no. never a toilet. You never see them use... It's, no. it's so weird. Why do they never film... Oh, they're fucking destroyed <laughs> by Rory and Rory's monster shits. That's why. <laughs> Those women stink. <laughs> That's why Luke is so, like, type change A about... Your, change, <laughs> change your diet, for God's sake. No, you can't use the bathroom. <laughs> New pitch for the show. What if the most beautiful girls in the world were mother and daughter and best friends and they stank? But no, people have problems with it. How does the town get over that? The town meetings about that. <laughs> that they're not invited yeah. to. <laughs> they come in late to, like wondering why everyone's looking at them. We gotta talk about Rory's IBS. <laughs> Rory would definitely have IBS. Oh, really would. Rory's I mean, over at We Transfer. Yeah. <laughs> have an IBS. Oh. <laughs> so that's that's part of it. Um anyway. <laughs> oh. So part of, but in that way, in the way that he cares, mm-hmm. that's how he shows... I mean, he is a father. Yeah. More... Like, I feel like that's... He kind of works more as a father to Rory than he yeah. does as a boyfriend for Lorelai. Yes. Totally. And but it's that thing about the sort of... The, how they they want to set up this idea that the family isn't always as simple as... Mm. 
like what is the family like so they they rubbish Christopher yeah the biological father they yeah. rubbish him quite a lot yeah and and her biological parents are obviously lacking yeah so it's like yeah what is so they actually what is and and he's a great father to Rory he's always there yeah helps with the mattress and you know does the whole organizes like so many things he's always there basically well that's what Emily says right she's the first person to call it where she's yeah. like well he's always there like, he's, he's the like, Iceman he's the Iceman <laughs> like he's doing this he's doing yeah. that why is he always there and she has this thing where she's it's a great early scene with them of like Emily wants to have the sort of like Gabby you know like gossipy chat with her mm. and Lorelai and Lo- Emily will routinely be very sad but like her and Lorelai don't have a relationship the way that Lorelai and Rory have a relationship yeah. and she tries to fix it in a way that Lorelai's kind of not interested in fixing it um, and it, she's like oh let's, let's talk you know he, you like this man <laughs> and uh, then Lorelai finally concedes she's like yeah I don't know maybe and then Emily just goes now we can talk about what the hell you're thinking <laughs> Stinky, stinky girl. <laughs> also, absolutely stinky. Is this where you get... This is that. <laughs> no, you can't use my bathroom. Um, do you... The thing is about, about Luke is that I'm never really going to commit to him in my head because I just don't like grumpy people. Like, Jess, Jess at least is like just doing the teen angst thing and he's going to work through it, but Luke's going to stay grumpy forever. No, I, I do wish... Uh, when he is happy, I find it a little unsettling. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I, I would like it's, he could do some good jokes, but I don't know why. I don't know how him and Lorelai would work. Yeah, and when they came back for a year in the life, it was kind of understood that um, they've been together for a long time, right? Yeah. They're like they're not yeah. married, but they're partners. Yeah. So I don't really know. Oh, he's at. Oh, why are we being negative? He's at. He's at no, number two. So. He, no, he's like he's great. I think he's really spe- like. It's, they, I'm only negative in like whether he should be with Lorelai. Yeah. Like, I think you see when they... I think he has wanted... I don't even know if he's wanted Lorelai. Or maybe he has wanted, but he's wanted someone to complete his... He's got the house. He's already picked out the house. Yeah. He knows what he wants and he just wants someone to complete it. And he, and he's got in his, eye, his head that it's going to be yeah. Lorelai. But when they go on that first date and he brings out, like, the horoscope... The horoscope is very sweet. It's really sweet. Yeah. And it's a, a really beautiful moment. And you're like, oh, God, that is amazing. He, but then so realize... to, to remind everyone, I'm, I'm conscious that we're like skipping over a lot of moments that we've just recently seen, but other people yeah. won't have. But the moment is that like she says, "Oh, when when did we first meet?" And he said, eight years ago. Mm. You were following me around trying to get me to give you coffee, and then you asked me my birthday. And he she takes out the newspaper and writes down on his horoscope, "You will meet a very annoying woman today." Yeah, and he keeps it in his he wallet. Keeps his for wallet eight for eight years, years. and then. I mean, yeah, yeah I do. A, I do melt at that. It's a really beautiful moment, but you don't. What's weird is Lorelai didn't doesn't have that same investment in him. Yeah, like it doesn't go the other way. It's yeah, it's grown for her, but he's kind of he's always had that. Yeah, will they ever match up in that way? Like I know it takes. He, he's, that's the weird thing. He's been keeping that in his wallet for eight years, and it still takes him seven years to realize. Yeah. He has to listen to an audio. He learned like, off an, it's such a weird anticlimactic them finally getting together. It's like he listens to an audiobook about love and connection or whatever. It's yeah. like a joke almost. Yeah. But like that's him. He's like, he has a genuine epiphany. But he is expressing it's just like, wow. Yeah. It's like well, four seasons and he him finding out him writing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's such a 
underplayed moment. I kind of love it because it's something that we talk a lot, of, we've talked about in the past on this show, which is that um, you can hear things and hear wisdom things and advice from people your whole life and then sometimes you're just ready to hear something yeah. and it'll be the most tried fucking thing you've ever heard in your life and you'll be like yeah. wow and that's almost that is how yeah, it's very yeah, wise yeah. it's how it's played in the thing is like yeah. it's supposed to be trite and stupid but he's just ready yeah and that's kind of nice yeah you know yeah and it is and and then they and then they, and they go together and then there's the bit where he they go together they yeah. um and then the clash and winning male blues obviously and yeah because Christopher, I guess Christopher is always a problem for for Luke, Luke yeah. because he's because neither of them are going anywhere. It's the ultimate like um, the unstoppable force meets the yeah. immovable object. Yeah, Christopher being the force and Luke being the object. It's like yeah. neither one of us is ever going anywhere. No. So you're gonna have to bunch up, and they neither of them ever will. And he's also spent most of his like. Well, a lot of his life he's looking after Rory kind of being mm. a father to her then a father to Jess I think he probably he's probably like a little bit annoyed about absent fathers like he's probably yeah. something where he's like I wouldn't mind one you know Jess's dad's off in wherever it's called Windward Swallow wherever he lives you know, <laughs> wherever, wherever he lives and um, yeah. so he's probably like a bit annoyed about Christopher like, is the fact of Christopher yeah because he's just like I've been bringing up your daughter for you I don't yeah. mind but yeah. also fuck off but also fuck off <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's that you know, and so that's why when the April storyline comes in, I think yeah. that for me is really tears me apart because it's like he has sort of been covering up for absent, and he must be thinking like absent yeah. fathers—they're the worst. They're never, you know, they're not here. They don't do. I'm left to, and then he finds out he's been an absent father unknowingly yeah. all this time, and he's just like, well, how must that have hit him to be like? Yeah. shit I'm the absolute right. father you're so right the whole journey has been like I am raising other people's kids for mm. them mm. and like because like people just don't have the fucking stones to you know man up and do the thing yeah. and he's just been like oh, 12 year yeah the, the the April stuff is is a rough toke isn't it like it's yeah. tough <laughs> too yeah it's not yeah it's, that's that, and that's that's on no one's watch but ASPs you know that's yeah so you know, that that cut in season seven. The, the rules of the Gilmore Girl universe is that women are the most important thing in the world. <laughs> and the only thing that can trump a woman's desire is the creation of a new and younger woman. <laughs> it's like Gigi ruins Christopher yeah. and Lorelai and then uh, April ruins Lorelai and Luke. Yeah. And it's a very interesting thing because it's all, that's all put into place by Luke. Yeah. It's like he just sort of decides that like, look, I'm trying, like, that's, I mean, I haven't watched yeah, those yeah, episodes yeah, yeah. in the rewatch yet, but like he... Uh, him and Lorelai are on track to get married. They've had yeah. their issues with Christopher, you know, and all that kind of stuff. They've got, they're all good. She wants to marry him. Uh, and then he says, like, look, can we just yeah, postpone post- yeah, yeah. while I'm still getting to grips with being a father? Yeah. It's kind of too I mean, it much. takes him ages to tell yeah. her that April exists, which is just... Do you believe that character still? April? No, do you, know, so oh, do you believe Luke. that Luke would... No, I think he'd say straight away. I think he's too... Yeah. He's too simple in a sweet way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he's simple in a sweet way. I don't think he has the complexity to like hide that from her. I think he would have yeah. told her straight away. Yeah, yeah. It just it, it it that is like one of the shows. Both it's both a bug and a feature, where these are hour long, fifty forty five to fifty minute long episodes. They're long seasons, like twenty episodes a season. And as a result, there's a lot of just fluff. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of um, obstacles that aren't obstacles. Well, that's the... 
Like, yeah, you and know, they, they and definitely do this with Luke and Laura. Like, like they're once they're together, they kind of have to make up these rather spurious obstacles for them. They, and that's what they kind of just like. It's like once they get together, they don't really know what to do with them. Because yeah. that whole thing. But that's is, TV, isn't it? Like, yeah. that's all tension and drama. But it's not is, life. Right? It's not, it's not <laughs> it's life. It's not life, though. Yeah. I, this, I need to. I've got no guidance for what happens when I do get to, you know. Right? It, it's, it's why, the, even though. And we haven't even talked about this so far. The fact that, like, Gilmore Girls was harboring one of the highest paid movie stars of today. Like, Melissa McCarthy is yeah. just sitting there, the greatest comedic yeah, actress yeah. of her generation. And I don't care about any of her storylines, really. Because her and Jackson aren't going to break up. They're just like, yeah, yeah, you guys are fine yeah. over here. I've been cooking fine over here. Like, whenever there's, like, a storyline that's too long with them, I'm just like, go with me, stop it. I don't yeah. care. Like, you know? And, and I, that's I, Melissa McCarthy, <laughs> the most watchable woman of her generation. You I know, know, I'd almost not want, like, I like it best when she doesn't really have storylines. Like yeah. in the first sort of couple of seasons where she's just, she's just being great. And, and yeah. then soon she gets, once Jack's went to say back, they're like, oh, she needs a storyline. It's like, I'd rather she didn't have one if that's going to be the storyline. Yeah. it's never, what, is it about cucumbers? I don't know, you know. Is, is it about cucumbers? <laughs> yes, the answer is yes, it's about cucumbers. <laughs> this is about cucumbers and it's a whole episode worth. It's so funny actually when you say that because, um, you know, one of the great critiques of the sort of rom-com era is the, and the stereotypes of the, oh, the kind of the kooky best friend who has no internal life kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, <laughs> Suki is absolutely the quintessential cookie best friend with no internal life. But when they give her one, it's kind of a bummer. You're like, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, actually didn't want one. I didn't say wanted one. I just said she didn't have one. Those are different things. Different things. <laughs> but here's the thing. On this watch around, on the first season, I think I glanced off of a, a deleted Suki storyline that didn't... That, that just, like a shred of it was left that they clearly got rid of because what? you are stunned <laughs> you are looking at me what? like I'm one of the stinky girls of Star <laughs> so um, you know there's an episode early on where Lorelai makes quite a kind of a cruel aside to Suki where Suki's trying to give her love advice either about Max or Luke or something and Lorelai says quite defensively what would you know you haven't had a relationship in years, right? Remember that? Yes. We all remember that episode because it's like one of the, fir- the one of the very few times that Lorelai is like a bitch. Yeah. And, and it's very shocking both for Suki and for her and for the audience. And then um, later on when they're talking, she's like, I'm so sorry. That was so awful. And she was like, you know, I've been, I've been busy. I've, I know it's, it's, I'm at the inn or I'm at the hospital. Mm. And I was like, the hospital? Why is she at the Why hospital? Why is she at the hospital? That's all she says. Yeah, and then and then and, and Laura's like, I know, I know, you know. And I think the tone of it is, I think originally there was some kind of storyline where Suki has like an ailing parent or something that they maybe took out because they're like, no, we just want to be kooky, you know? Because that would explain a lot why. Because like, you you have to wonder why yeah. is like a Michelin star chef in this fucking back alley in? Yeah, I think it's because she grew up there and because oh she God, has a that's... parent who's sick. I don't think anyone's ever noticed that line before. I know. I think I'm the first. The internet is going to go absolutely I know. crazy. I hope the Gilmore Girls on Reddit gets a load of this one. <laughs> God. Yeah, that would make more sense, though. That yeah. she had something else in there and they just sort of... Right. No, let's just I, keep her in the kitchen. Exactly. I would prefer... If they're going to give her any storyline, I wish it was like she's a comedic character, but who's got some like real stuff going on, you know, yeah. like real things that real people deal with. And so her kookiness and her zaniness is like 
kind of this gumption that she has in spite yeah. of her circumstances and I would love that but what you get is just her and Jackson arguing about fucking zucchini flowers I'm so don't I fucking know. care I like, know. him and his fucking wrestling pajamas yeah I yeah <laughs> that made no when sense I first, yeah I, I think I, you think you see them before they explain them like and I was like what what are they what's he wearing yeah and then he comes out the cover and he explains to me like what that that's not enough that that's still, that's still not an explanation that's for what not, these are. This is about Luke. Yeah, but this is. I, th- yeah. Joe, I think ultimately we've we've talked a lot about Luke in the lead up to talking about Luke. If yeah. you know what I mean. So I'm not sure what we have left to say. Yeah, I mean, he's not very romantic. <laughs> that's that's his thing. Like, but that's the thing is that it's like she get from all the other people. She has all these big displays of affection, but what she gets from Luke is just consistent love. You well, know? this is yeah is. I guess this is going back to what Dean said when he was suddenly wise. Like, is that is that enough? Yeah. Is that enough? And Lorelei? that's the central question. Because he was right. He diagnosed Luke and Lorelai perfectly. Yeah. Because even if Lorelai thinks it's enough, no one around Lorelai does. No. Like, her parents don't. The stars, everyone in Stars Hollow would think it's enough. Yeah. And and I guess... I don't know. Stars Hollow were already planning contingencies for them breaking yeah, up. Yeah, that's so. true. The ribbons. Yeah. yeah. But I... I think, like, Lorelai's big fear is, like, leaving Stars Hollow, which is why she likes Dean so much. Mm-hmm. Because he, if Rory's with Dean, yeah. she'll stay in Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. So I don't think... I think Dean... Like, that's the thing. I guess that's the basic the problem at the heart of Lorelai is she wants more, but she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... And that's why Luke isn't enough, but is. Yeah. No answers here. No answers. Complex psychology. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. that, that show's full of characters like that who yeah. you sort of, you love and also infuriate you and there's no answers. There's no, like that whole, you know, the whole team, Hogan, Team J, it's like, there's no answers. There are no teams. There's no, there's no teams. That it, it is to misunderstand the yeah. text is to this have is the, teams. Yeah. If you, <laughs> but there are no, te- there, are, there, are, there are no, you know. Yeah, just and, a lot and, of flawed men. Yeah, just a lot. That's it. They should, if there's any teams, they should be, the, the, the women you know, the women are the teams <laughs> yeah the women are the teams the, the teams here yeah because they, they're yeah. the only ones you'd have a team around like the people that build they, the people that they build their teams around yeah the audience builds and I do the same you know yeah it's preposterous apart from one man of course are we ready to talk about him our number one yeah imagine the shock so our number one you say it <laughs> Dave Rogalski brava <sighs> What a, what, a, what a man. What a man. <laughs> what a, a boy, really, I suppose. He's all but man to he's me. All... <laughs> so Dave Rogalski. Dave Rogalski is, um, so he's played by Adam Brody, who then leaves uh, Stars Hollow to go to become Seth Cohen in the OC. So he's in nine episodes mm-hmm. of Gilmore Girls. Where he's Lane's many. love interest. Yeah, and he's in um, Hepalian, the band. Yes, he is. Um, and he comes in... And he's just, I, I just have no faults. He has no faults. I have no problems with yeah, him. Yeah, he's, and he's, not not in a boring way, not in a Max no, Medina way. No. Just in like a, what a gorgeous what, boy. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he's everything he does. And he's kind of everything that all the other characters, especially the Dean and Jess, everything mm. they get wrong, he yeah. gets right. Yeah. And it's not an easy situation to go into no. with Mrs. Kim and Lane, but he's patient and thoughtful and supportive. Yeah. And, you know... And, and, like, he's also this rare thing that only that actor can play. And I've already forgotten his name, even though I know he is the heartthrob of a generation. 
because I never watched that TV show he was on. Um, but he's a slick nerd. I know. Well, he invents. I mean, he, he, he invented yeah, a slick nerd. He invented yeah. a slick nerd. I don't think like I, no one was wearing penguin shirts before, until he came along. Like no one was dressing like that. No one like he invents. Yeah. That we, we take sort of nerds and geeks for granted now. Yeah. As being like things like there's always a geek, like a cool geek. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really exist. Yeah. Until Seth Cohen and. The precursor to that is Dave Rogalski. Dave Rogalski, yeah. What's kind of extra sweet is that, like, it's um, Lane Kim is uh, based on one of the co-producers and longtime best friend of Amy Sherman Paladino, Helen Pye, whose name is an allogram for Hep Alien. And Helen Pye uh, did grow up in the way Lane Kim grew up. She grew up um, Seventh Day Adventist with a Korean family, and they were also sort of health obsessed. So a lot of things that happened to Lane have literally happened to Helen Pye. And uh, she married a man called Dave Rogalski. I know. It's, which I assume that's a very happy marriage. Yeah. Because it's lovely that that's the story behind it. Yeah. Because often when you watch Lane's storyline, that's like, you're like, that can't be. It looks yeah. quite over the top. It's like, well, no, it's kind of based on a real thing, actually. So it's fact. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing. And it's such a, I mean, this gives us a sort of a, we'll talk more specifically about Dave Rogalski in a second, but like Lane, Lane's storyline I think is long-time fans all agree it's the the hardest thing to take. It's the bitterest pill. Yeah, like it is. Yeah. It, it is really. I think that whenever you you sort of think about Lane, when you talk about Lane, I think it's really everyone, depressing. Everyone kind of drops their head and they feel it, it in their hearts. It feels yeah. it hurts because they destroy her narrative arc. Like they just yeah. Zach. Oh. I mean, Zach comes obviously. He's in the band, and then obviously he's there after Dave yeah. leaves. And um, I just, it is really, you know, I just don't understand why they would do that to it still now. This is me just not comprehending it. Yeah, I don't comprehend it either. And because it's it's not even just that she ends up with this like sort of dopey guitarist guy who she doesn't seem that happy with or anything. Um, it's that her whole childhood, like all the Stars Hollow years where uh, Rory's like having all these adventures or whatever and... Lane's always grounded like her her childhood is like abusive like it's really yeah. hard to take in a show that feels like quite grounded and like there's lots of victories and miracles like Lane there's so few victories and miracles for Lane like she like her her rebellions they're too late and not enough like she's so afraid of her mom like it's a real terror and like I know it's it's like a Suki thing, right? It's supposed to be like a, a goofy thing. But because the show treads this line between comedy and drama, you do just feel depressed for that yeah. character. I frequently feel depressed for her. I feel... And then and she sort of gets freedom. Yeah. And she has it for, what, a year? Yeah. Before she's had... She loses her virginity. It's rightly punished for it. Yeah. And um, ends up with... <laughs> rightly <twins>. punished. <laughs> and is... Yeah. Um, by you know by the show, but obviously the show loves to punch. But yeah, um, oh yeah, God, if you didn't listen to the first, if you didn't to the first episode, I just said said women should be rightly punished for losing their rightly virginity. Rightly punished. That, yeah. as in the the show likes to punish um, women for losing their virginity. Yeah, but and then ends up with twins, and it's kind of and then Zach gets to go and live her life in the band, and she's yeah, works at Luke's. Uh, yeah, it's just really sad. Yeah. Which is why Dave Rogowski is like this moment in like the Yeah. He's like the only moment in her life like that's it. She what she gets like nine episodes of happiness. 
And even then it's like a, it's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe like two. Yeah, and it's this moment where like, you're like, oh wow, maybe like she is a great drummer and maybe she will like be in a, and she the band does tour for a while. There's this bit yeah. where like Lane, uh, Mrs. Kim has this like whole turnaround where she's like, and now I'm going to manage your band yeah. and you're going like, to go on tour. And you're like, oh, maybe is this the way they give us like Lane being like a, like a functioning musician, yeah. you know, a professional musician of some kind? And they take that away from you very quickly. Yeah. It's so strange how the show has an occasional commitment to realism that only ever favours <laughs> the grimmest storyline, the grimmest yeah. outcome. Yeah. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. It's so true. It's like, why couldn't you just go with the fantasy there for a minute? Yeah. <sighs> and the thing is, you're, you're a professional musician. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Huge pause. No, huge, no, no, I'm, what just, I, let I, I, just let that land. Just let that sit. Let that land, everyone. Let that sit for a little bit. Yes. I'm yeah. a professional musician. A, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, it's like, you don't have to be like in Radiohead. Like, we, no, we, no, no. We didn't need to have her have this crazy That's arena career. You can, get, you can get your little, you get your sinks in One Tree Hill. You can get, you know, you can get, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't, we could have just had just to like, a soft success. A soft, <laughs> a soft Joff success. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which is still fine. It's still good. Yeah. I have it's still dream- great. Joff, you're really I successful. Have, I have dreams unfulfilled, but it's not, but it's okay. Rashida Jones was in your music exactly, video and yeah. all I want is that for Lane. Yeah. It would be, an, yeah. But she doesn't even get that. <laughs> she doesn't even get Rashida. No. She gets twin. She's, she gets twins. But that's not going to... You had kids young. You still got to be a professional musician. Yeah, it's true. Come on. Yeah. Got the job scoop here. <laughs> With the kids. You can do it. You can, you, you yeah, can, you can do, do, it. do it. Yeah, plenty of people do it. Look Plenty. at Kurt Cobain. He seemed fine. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be the end of it, you know. Uh, is it... <laughs> <laughs> think, think, did Paul McCartney have children? <laughs> I think it's important to remember at this juncture that you and I have been in this studio since 10 in the morning and it's now half past two. Oh. <laughs> we like, if this, so if this second half is a bit fruitier than the first. I feel like this second, I think this has been more realistic. I think we've been more downbeat. I think we've realised some things about some main characters that have actually really hit home. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, and Lane's storyline, it, it hits me every time. Like yeah. what happens to her is, is harsh. She should have had an abortion. Yeah, but the show show sure doesn't. Let's talk about the show's refusal to acknowledge abortions. It is a weird one because when mm. it first came out, um, like I think there was sort of like American sort of family values mm-hmm. things that sort of kind of like celebrated. It's, it's a family show, yeah, so on cele- that level, and sort of celebrated it, even though it does sort of attack American family values in, in a lot of ways. But yeah, it is weird that it. it I guess it, it must be quite. It's just not. It just never comes up, does it? I guess it just it just doesn't come up. Nope, it just doesn't come <laughs> just up. Doesn't come up. Literally, it comes up once where in the flashback episode where Strobe and Francine like Strobe says something like, "Well, why doesn't she get rid of it?" And Emily just like stonewalls and like because she's not. That's why. It's like I just don't believe that Emily Gilmore wouldn't like. This is not the know, first teen pregnancy in their set. No. People get abortions. Yeah. Especially people of that class get yeah, abortions. Yeah, exactly. And obviously we don't want Laura Light to have had an abortion because no, be that, no there would be no TV show. <laughs> Gilmore Girl. Yeah, Gilmore Girl. <laughs> she she <laughs> went to Harvard, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
Uh, but I'm also willing to believe that it's like, you know, Laurel, I waited so long that it was not an option anymore. Um, but like, I just think there's this alternate world where Lorelai takes Lane to an abortion clinic in New Haven. And this is how your spin-off begins. Yeah. Well, that, so this is the other thing. <laughs> you've, so You've been having meetings with Netflix. I've been having meetings. <laughs> I will have this, like, this... I, I just... This whole Wednesday Adams thing of, like, Wednesday having her own spin-off show, and I haven't watched that show, but it looks great. Um, <laughs> my niece absolutely loves it, but there are some places where the kids go that you're not supposed to follow. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um and this whole, and like the having a spin-off that centers only on that character. I think there's so a world and I would love for a Korean American artist to to do something with this, a writer or a performer, um to just have a show called Lane. And it starts it starts in like two thousand and you know, there's there's a Rory character, but she's not played by Alexis Bladell, and she she is a side character in the way yeah. Lane is a side character in that and we and we get the not not necessarily a wish fulfillment but we get a real story about someone growing up in like a Korean American household in an antique shop like hiding music under their bed joining bands trying to find rebellion on their level and it's like we finally get the Lane Kim story we yeah. deserve you know because when she when she has scenes when she comes in we, she's been there she comes a cheerleader we're like oh, how did that happen it's like yeah. that's a really interesting storyline we could have known about yeah. we'd love to know what goes on at march and band practice yeah when she, and like when she touches the guy's hair yeah which is hair yeah like and then we don't really see that how that goes from there you know yeah yeah it, like, it's a really beautiful like my so-called life kind of moment yeah. like it's like it's a very delicate little thing what happens next time she goes back into band practice like yeah. and she's touched his hair like how well, there's so much and we've you know, because we're always seeing Rory. Like, but every time yeah. we see Rory, in your mind, you're thinking, I wonder what Lane's up to. What's Lane up to? And this is why the show would be such a huge success, <laughs> because it's what we're all wondering. That's the thing. And the thing is, like, it could even not, it could barely acknowledge the Gilmore Girls if it wanted to. Because, Oops. like... Still be set there. Though. Oh, it'd still be set there. Yeah. 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 I mean, it would have to be, you know, Amy Sherman Palladino. Oh, in, yeah, yeah. Like, executive producing, but then somebody else writes yeah, and directs. Well, Basically, I want it to be like a George Lucas. I want her to be the, like, I want, right. like, Star Wars and Harry Potter or whatever. These are franchises that exist without their original creators to varying levels of success through the lens of other artists. And I think the Gilmore Girls is a rich enough world that someone else could do the same. Yeah. I think you're right. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm <laughs> sorry you won't ever make a penny out of it if it happens. <gasps> you, you guys can have that one for free. <laughs> That's for you. Just, we'll just, yeah, the joy of watching it will be enough payment. Thank you for that. It will. Yeah. It will. Um, but Dave Rogalski himself. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so get back to Dave, that he is in, he is the only bit of Lane's story where things really come together for her. Yeah. And because she's such a precious character. Yeah. I think that's why Dave as well is. So, like, he's the man that, that treats the character that's probably most precious to us, I think. Yes, that's so he, true. He, he, yeah. he treats her so well. Yeah. And like, just everything he does, I mean, he he reads the whole Bible. He reads the whole Bible. Um, and he starts by just like learning all these hymns. Yeah. Well, no, he started with, so he comes into the, to the dance-a-thon yes. and she's making the sandwiches and he comes <laughs> What in. time does he get the dance-a-thon? Like, the time is very elastic they, on that episode. Because they start at 6am. Yeah, and it goes on till six a.m. next morning. And he arrives with one hour to go, so he's there at five a.m. And his excuse for like why his parents aren't there is because they're at Bible study, which I love about Mrs. Kim. It's just like, well, fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. All right, but yeah. My thought was that he was there. That was there the night before. That he he rocked up at like no, ten p.m. Ah, uh, maybe. I thought they went from the clock to him 
there's a scene at the clock and I've got one hour to go. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there's a gap between that. Yeah, that would but make more sense. But the important thing <laughs> is he comes in, he saunters in and like he has a little quick word with uh, with Lane and then Mrs. Kim shows up and she's like, who are you? And uh, he's like, oh, I heard some people across the street talking about these sandwiches and I had to come in and get one. <laughs> Disgusting sandwiches. Yeah, yeah and it's like, it's like this perfect thing of being like, Utterly believable, not sarcastic. It's, it's like a line that Jess would deliver in a yeah. totally different line. Oh, you're oh, yeah, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> like the way yeah. he says it, he's like, Yeah, I heard there was something. It's like so likable and so sweet, and it's like a tiniest wink to Lane and to yeah. us, the audience. And everything from that point on is like that pitch of like, Yeah, I'm just like a really earnest guy, yeah. but I've also got a sense of humor about things, and I'm like smart, but not in a showy way. Yeah, and I'll do. I'll do, it. I'll, I'll do do it. anything and he's like yeah, yeah I could learn uh, four hours of him or, you yeah, know I yeah. could, that's not a problem yeah I'll sit there you know it's, he's just happy to just try these things he's a very open character just open yeah. to experiences to just like because he's in a band you know he wants to just form the bass he's yeah. a, you know she's going to be a great drummer yeah I mean it's just it's, he's, she's precious and he treats her precious and, he and deals, we love her for that he doesn't when he gets insecure as well yeah. back to what they're you know there are moments when he's under threat Young Chu comes in and is obviously dating Lane, you know, in as a sort of a cover for... Yeah. And there's that moment where he's... I think he's playing with the band and they're playing all these hymns and he has 15 minutes break to run over to see them at the ice hockey game. Mm-hmm. And even though he's, in like, slightly insecure and maybe jealous, mm. he doesn't play it. And I think Rory says something about how, like, there's cute jealous and then there's Othello. And it's like, yeah. that's the key. It's like every other man is, is, is a fellow. Yeah. And and he, they, he's like cute jealous. Because it's okay to, you know. Yeah. But it's just like, and that's really the, the crux of Dave. It's like, he's the only one that can handle insecurity and threat in a normal way. Yeah. And, um, and it's so strange. And I do think that he would have had his whole, like, they would have continued on. Yeah. For a, a long time. I'm sure there would have been more conflict coming up. Yeah. If that, they had gotten their way. Which is know? maybe, maybe we got spared the conflict. Maybe that's why we idealise him because yeah. it's just nine episodes. Yeah, because they would have definitely stayed together. But then and it is quite sad that he gets ripped away from us. He does. Because of what it means for Lane. Yeah. But I guess, you know, we get Seth Cohen, so. Um, <laughs> Seth Cohen happens but once in a lifetime and an orchid that blooms only for a day. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I wonder I, when I see when I saw him on screen and I just experiencing the raw charisma of that actor. It was like, oh, I wonder if they sort of there was a, a conversation in the writers' room that's like, okay, we've made the side character's boyfriend more charismatic <laughs> and beautiful and likable than any other. I know. Romantically in the show, they must have, they must have been. Like, oh no! Oh yeah, no! They what must have we done? Is, yeah, yeah. Because he's. But then, what would happen if he'd come in and? Liked Rory, like, would yeah. that have worked? Yeah, it would have been interesting to see romantic conflict between Lane and Rory. Because yeah. they don't really have very much conflict. No. And they're also not best friends. No, she's Rory's a bad best friend. Yeah. She's a yeah. great best friend to Paris. Yeah. That, those two are solid. They're enemies, but yeah. Yeah, but, she's... but like, but Rory has like an endless tether, an endless attention for Paris's yeah. d- shit. And with Lane, she's like checked out half the time. She's like, oh yeah. I know. And she's just saying things like, I like Oh yeah, so- your mom is borderline abusive. <laughs> oh, you've met a guy. Oh, I'm twins. I, oh yeah. Oh, twins. Whatever. Oh, your, your boyfriend's moved to LA. Oh, oh you yeah. hate sex, do you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 
that. So that's um, yeah. So that was our uh, that was that, our countdown. Yeah, I mean, Dave, Dave's speech to Miss Kim is probably the um, that that speech where he just goes through all the different things about. That's kind of I think if you watch that speech, you like yeah. Where he doesn't he doesn't smoke and um, he doesn't play video games. He doesn't drink coffee and all these things. Yeah. It's just like that. He just sums up exactly why. Yeah. He's so great. He's so great. <laughs> because the thing is, like, he's none... Like, he, like... Yeah, he is, like, you know, polite, respectful, good grades, doesn't drink coffee, doesn't say out, doesn't do this. And he's, yeah. like, all those, like... And it's delivered so well. Yeah. Um, and, but he's, like, the fact that he is... All of the things that an interesting person could do, he doesn't do. And yet he's still so compelling and yeah. interesting. And he's not lying to her. He's telling no. the truth. Yeah. And that is the real miracle of that character yeah. and why it is so painful that he's ripped away yeah, yeah. but Ugh. he's still here in our hearts and that's why he's number one he is and I'll never watch the OC because I don't want to I don't want to know what David no, Rossi does good. next it's good the OC is good do you know what I was actually talking to someone this morning about this and they like yeah apparently it has a similar Gilmore Girls thing of like looking at the rich through it's, the lens of the poor absolutely so. I mean it's about it's weird how obsessed America is with its class system like American TV it's with its considering yeah. it sort of doesn't think it has one yeah but TV obviously it, yeah it is kind of the same thing so it makes sense that you went there yeah um, we should go because we have been here for basically a full working day <laughs> have we have we covered everything I think we should do a quick shot across the bow <laughs> at all the men that we couldn't cover because okay. they were also rans I'm just gonna I'll just we'll just, we'll just throw them out there and okay, give, just a, say, give a yeah. one or two line review okay alright Digger Jason Styles is Digger. Quite good banter. Like, he, he's quite funny. He's good with Lorelai as just like, but they should just form like a, a stand-up, do some stand-up together or something. Yeah, yeah. Start, like, do an improv class together. And I do love the fact that he's there when um, Luke and Lorelai first kiss and he's like, and then he just doesn't ever come out. He's, he goes to the loo and he yeah. just never comes back out. And they're just kissing on is the porch. what happens? I don't think we see him again. That's it. <laughs> just like, it's so funny with a show that's like so like um, all about its characters and its relationship arcs or whatever. Sometimes they just write people out, <laughs> like fucking Sam, Sam, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Is that his name? Alex. 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 <laughs> Same name. Forgettable. Yeah. He's a she like does an overnighter with him yeah. to fucking New York, and we never see him again. Yeah. Done. And I Gonzo. watched it the other day the episodes. And, uh, yeah, I mean Alex, forgettable. Even when you're watching it, you're kind of forgetting him. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah, and he looks like you really like her. He looks like Lauren Graham. <laughs> it's like don't like it. Moving on. Um, oh, Digger, I like his dog in his apartment, and I also like that she gets to her own bedroom. Oh, she can watch movies. Yeah, that rocks. That is cool. Yeah, that yeah. fucking looks like it rocks. Yeah. Uh, who else is there? Penelin Lot. Penelin Lot. Well, of course, Penelin. Once she comes in, she does. In, like Emily is yeah. great. Once the pen, like the Penelin Lot storylines comes in. Yeah, which is um, uh, Richard's old fiance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do love what her existence, and I just love the way Emily says Penelin Lot. Penelin Lot. <laughs> Penelin Lot. It's just so good. When it, it's yeah. heard her most like Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Penelin Lot. It comes before she does a Penelin Lot line before she does that line about um, buy me a bow and. Drive me to Reno. <laughs> yeah, because I am open for business. So she's, she, yeah, Penelin Lot's great for that. Just her name is yeah. enough. Great stuff. Um, yeah. Love it. Who else is there? Uh, Chad Michael Murray. Can't remember his real name. Tristan. 
Tristan. Yeah, yeah, Tristan. He, um, he's just nothing. Like, I think they wanted there to be tension there, but there really, there really isn't. Even when you watch it again, I'm just like, I just don't care. Yeah. I, I'm kind of glad. he. I guess he was sort of like a proto-Logan. And yeah. the, we're, we're sort of men. But, yeah, you don't, he's too much. And him calling her Mary the whole time, that's quite a Logan yeah. thing to do. I mean, obviously, Logan yes. calls her Ace. Ace. Oh, I can't bear. Nicknames in the show are so cringe. I know. I, I do think the nicknames is the key to the character, like because Christopher's always calling Laura like Lore. Lore. And it's just like, oh. come on, Lore. <laughs> and then Ace and then Mary. And I was I like... was getting very dissertation-y with you on the text the other day. I was like, Lore <laughs> refers to the lore that has passed between them, <laughs> the private legend of Lorelai and Christopher that is maintained only by themselves. I really hope that's true. I really hope that's why they wrote it. I don't like think that. so. <laughs> The thing is, it's such a deep show that you could be convinced into thinking anything is true. You yeah, know? And now like, like the, all the sort of discourse around it has got so deep. Yeah, like you feel like that's where we will. Yeah, th- that's not unbelievable that that would be something that nice little Reddit thread on that <laughs> <laughs> chewy little Reddit thread there. Um, um, who else is there? Taylor, what are your thoughts Taylor on Taylor Dosey? Yeah, what's what do you think his sexual persuasion is? I think it's probably nothing. Yeah, I think gay, but nothing. Kirk. I see. I love. I mean, I do. I like, love Kirk. I do love Kirk, and I love Kirk's appearance. And I love the fact that he's this sort of parody of the, the provide the man as a provider, and he has no one to provide for. for most oh of wow! And so he just keeps like he, he's just like doing all these jobs and saving all this money. He saved like quarter of a million pounds. Oh yeah, because of all his jobs for no yeah. one, for no one, for nothing, for no one. one. It's with his mum. But he's just always working around the clock, just like that's yeah. Because that's what again, you know, that's what men at this point in the two thousand is like. Maybe if we just keep. To earning. provide, keep earning money, yeah. but he's got no one to. He's got no one. No one. Oh, when he asked Lorelai out, though, I know. When he says, and he keeps coming back to the, for the answer. Yeah, and he says he, he he asks her out, and she's like, "Oh God!" And he walks away, and then he turns back and goes, "I think you might be the prettiest girl I've ever seen." <gasps> I know. And then he stops and goes, <laughs> accepting some certain adult videos. Like, <laughs> he kind of ruins the line, I but know, it is yeah, it is sort true, of yeah. heartbreaking. Like, and he makes that film, which oh my God, it's film. And the film's incredible because. I watched it this time around. I realised the film is a film about someone going for a Friday night dinner with their... Oh, my God. That's what his film is. He goes for dinner with with the girlfriend yeah. to meet the father, to meet the parents. Yeah. Like, he's made a film about Friday night dinner. That's so and that's funny. In... I can't believe I never noticed that. I've seen that episode so many times. Yeah. And I just watched this and I was like, oh, my God, that's what he's doing. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, I love Kirk. Yeah, brilliant, man. So good. Um, I think we talked about Marty already, but I do feel bad for that character. Yeah, Marty has uh, he has a season seven ending. I feel really sad, like when it because what happens again? He like so he comes back and he denies he denies he knows her. Oh right, bizarrely. So they get on. They, they, they're quite sweet early on. Doesn't like, he? Yeah, his girlfriend is Kristen Ritter, yeah, and they all go for Lucy, dinner. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and and Logan obviously knows who Marty is and knows yeah. they know each other, and he's the one that says. They know each other. Like yeah. he d- even though Rory he says t- Marty introduced us. Yeah, even yeah. though Rory has told him not to say. Yeah, that he's like Marty introduced us, and obviously that causes friction between Lucy yeah. and and um, Rory. That's just a weird thing for Marty to do. Like, because yeah. then we end up. My sort of memory now of Marty's him being like psychotic. Like that's just a weird thing. Why wouldn't you say, mm. "Oh my God, it's you"? Yeah, again, it feels like a, a victim of the Paladino yeah. Exodus. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Else. Um, but I do like Marty, and I think like early on in our human chain, I was like, mm-hmm. I do think Marty was was good for her. Yeah. I wish that she just, I just think she needs, I think she needs like a boy who doesn't want to have sex with her. <laughs> I think it would be really good for her. 
a gay man? Yeah, it could be a gay man, or just like a man who doesn't fancy her. Like, I know it's I know it's crazy. She should, she should get with a guy who does not no, fancy her. she doesn't her. get with him. No, she just have him in her life. Oh, right, right, saying, right. So I'm not saying that she doesn't have to... No, she's not She's not going to have sex with this one. Mm-hmm. I know she's... Yeah, no, no, it would be nice for her to have a, a friend. Yeah, just a friend who, like, yeah. gave her... Because like, I, I think she's sort of... I think she wants one. Yeah. I guess that's probably, like, her daddy issues and stuff going on mm-hmm. there. But she wants a man. And sometimes she ends up sort of making men romantic yeah partners when they don't need to be which is very again it, it tracks with how a 20 year old behaves do you know what yeah. I mean like it makes sense of like you know you wanting the, a male friend so badly and wanting that insight but also not knowing how to relate to men unless you're trying to impress them That's, or shag yeah. them or whatever or just get their appreciation and of course like of course they get confused by that yeah. <laughs> you know because that's like what people do when they're teenagers it's like suddenly they like people do it as adults you yeah, know I want to be friends with I want to be like man I want to be friends with a girl yeah. I haven't really spoken to them since I was four. Yeah. I guess I'll date them then. Yeah. And it's, I guess that's what the whole, sh- that's where we find Rory at this point where men are like, I'd like to, like Dean is like that classic example. It's like probably never really spoken to yeah. a girl. And so this is the best he can do. Maybe we should be more forgiving. <laughs> the part where we talk about you, a successful Lane Kim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What? You are the Lane Kim story that actually we all want. Yeah, I guess I am. You are. I was brought up in a strict Korean household. <laughs> you were. Um, you know. Yeah. Where you, 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 I never, you never see my father. You never. <laughs> I do love the fact that Mr. Kim is just like not even. Doesn't yeah, really, it's, it's not even like a, like, like a Maris yeah. thing, Frazier. And Amy Sherman probably does a very like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we don't, just forgot to write him. Don't even write him. I didn't even write. Just I just don't care about men. I know. I just, don't you even want him to have like an insignificant role? Like, nah, I just don't even bother writing him. Just never see him. Just Allude see him. to him. Allude. <laughs> yeah, she'll just say my parents. Yeah. Nothing else. Um, but Jeff, you are in several bands. Yes. I, I'm, yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, do you want to know what I'm done? Yes. <laughs> what I've been doing recently. Fucking talk about your work. <laughs> I put, I've got an album out with Legends of Country at the moment called Anything But Country. And that's my most recent work. Nice. And then The Boily Slightly Two is... Uh, we haven't done much since the Christmas single because I love Christmas yeah. and snow and because snow. Yeah. Y- you should be the Stars Hollow Troubadour I know I love snow so I would I th- can't believe it's taken me so long to say this or to ask this but what is your opinion of the use of music on the show which is very unique I think they do I mean it's great that like it's very genuine like the people the Bell and Sebastian like, they get that mm-hmm. the references are good yeah. I think they're all pretty ch- and I love the Troubadour you know it's it's great. You love Grantley Phillips. Yeah, and the la la la. I mean, it's all. Yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, it's great. And I think for as teenagers, they've got. I mean, the OC does the same thing. You know, yeah. they are pretty good at getting their references. Yeah, we didn't get a sing though. We didn't get. We weren't on. I would have loved you to. You would have because we were on yeah. One Tree Hill, so we were like we we wow. we yeah we, we you know we won great you know, so big we, deal over here. We did some. We had some nice ones around that time, but my favourite shows never. I never got in Buffy, the OC, and Kilmore Girls eluded us maybe in the they'll use this in the year in the life oh my god they won't they won't yeah but, so there's talk of a year in the life too isn't there yeah there's always talk but yeah there there's is talk. always talk I would yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to go I feel like the first year in the life was all about like oh my god look who's back look who's back yeah, yeah. but we didn't actually get enough time to sort of it was just like a sort of reunion sh- show yeah and they, although there were some sweet like some moments like great moments in it I think it was worth watching I know a lot of people haven't even watched it yeah, I don't blame them for that either because 
It definitely is depressing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's depressing because yeah, it gives you like a sense of your own like past, like, your, your own your lost lot, potential, your, your own lost potential. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. mortality, but yeah, lost potential as well. Yeah, because like, that's, that's what that show ended up being about was lost potential. Yeah, really. um, and so it's a hard. Watch. It would be interesting to watch you in the life too, because now Rory's a single mother. Because that's that I was know. how. Yeah, the famous four words. Yeah, who's the father? Logan. Who, Horrible, horrible Logan. I like the answer that he's like, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, because men don't matter. And that's, yeah. the, that's the lesson. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to go now. Okay. Well, it's been great. It's, it's been really good. This I has hope. been my best work day in forever. <laughs> I'm going to just... I've, I've absolutely loved watching Gilmore Girls probably for 12 hours a day for the last month. But I, I think everyone, all my friends are excited about yeah. me returning to their lives yeah, Gab's definitely the very excited is... to not be hearing Carol King every 45 minutes. <laughs> the thing is, I'm also like... I don't want to leave. I can't wait to get back. I feel, I feel so safe there. Yeah. So maybe I'll just watch. I'm going to continue. I might just watch for, yeah. <laughs> just a couple more seasons. <laughs> just a couple more. Try you in the life again. Why not? It might, it might hang better around the second time. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com